0: Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First United Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Striebeck.
1: I want to introduce to you this morning our uh, guest preacher, and many of you know Gil Cherry uh, is a member of our church. And you know, every, we always talk about how every Christian is called to ministry. So it's not, it's not just the clergy or leaders on committees that are called to ministry, but every baptized Christian is called to ministry. Uh, but for some at different stages in life, they feel like they want to serve at a little bit different level. They want to get some extra training. And the Methodist church has always grown through the service of lay preaching and lay service. So uh, when Gil and Gaynell joined the church, Gil was interested in this Uh, becoming a lay speaker in the United Methodist Church and so that's what he did and uh, as part of that he he serves in this way and shares sermons in local churches and so we get to hear a sermon today but I've also got to see Gil One of his greatest areas of service in the food pantry uh, that we host on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so I think it's very fitting that a sermon on the bread of life and Jesus feeding people. uh, We have somebody who works every week in the ministry of feeding people. So will you join me in welcoming Gil Cherry?
0: Thank you, Ryan. He delivered that just like I wrote it. Good morning, church answer the call god is good good. all the time time. i don't mean to be tacky but y'all sound like a bunch of methodists (laughs) try it one more time deep breath god is good good. all the time thank you much better amen now we've notified god we're here somebody better say something good anybody no i'm just kidding i'm ready i'm ready to say something to you I don't know that you'll like it, but I'm going to say something to you. Okay? Somebody in the crowd, read the title of today's sermon. Anybody? Say it again. I saw God two weeks ago. Me too. Where'd you see him? All right. Now, I am tickled to be here. About two weeks ago, I want to tell you a story. About two weeks ago, I was on a trip to South Fork, Colorado, and we decided to drive half the trip one day and the other half the next. There were three of us traveling separate but together. And I know that sounds confusing, but I left around 10-ish, another one left at noon, and another one left around 2 o'clock. So... I arrived at Clayton, New Mexico, around 4 in the afternoon, and the first thing we had to do was fix a bicycle flat on my grandson's bike. You know, priorities, you got to get everything in priority. Because of that, we explored Clayton and found air for tire, air for the tire, in one location, period. No No mechanic shops, no restaurants, one, Love's Truck Stop, very busy Love's Truck Stop. And by the way, later that evening, we, uh, we dined at the deli and had a, had a great meal there. <sighs> later that evening, around 6.30 or so, the next traveler showed up, unloaded loaded his trailer, and uh, called me over, said, look under my truck. I did. I saw a steady leak of diesel drip, drop after drop, landing on the ground. We discussed what what it could be, if it was possible to fix, and I shared with him that there wasn't anything in Clayton that would help. The nearest towns were Dalhart, Raton, New Mexico. We were still discussing this mechanical dilemma when I headed around the truck back to my fifth wheel and I looked up, and if you'll show the picture now, you already, you've already got it up. This is the picture I saw. Now, this photograph does not do justice to the amazing fire in the sky that God put there. And I turned to my fellow traveler, and I told him, don't worry about it, God's got this. He's got her back. We... We had nothing we could do. We had to believe. We had to have the faith. This photograph was taken by my 11-year-old grandson with an iPhone, and he didn't enhance it, but like I said, it's many more times breathtaking in person than it is on the screen. The next day we got up to leave the RV park. Truck wasn't leaking, and to my knowledge, hadn't leaked since. I'm not telling you Jesus fixed his truck. Can you see that? Jesus crawling around under the truck. Blessed art thou, hand me a crescent wrench. That didn't work that way. But I am telling you, he calmed our anxieties. He calmed our fears. And we went on with our trip that was 14 days pre-planned in front of us with no events. Jesus, our Jesus had her back. So what about the Scripture today? John 6, 1-15. Thanks, Watson, for the reading and the prayer. When you heard the words, most of you know the story and have a vision of what that story means to you. I want you to do a couple of things for me today. First, I would ask you to go back several thousand years to a time without cars, without electricity, cell phones, no Dollar Generals. There wasn't even a Walmart. To a time when everything you owned was on the shoulder of a man of the family. Your food, your life, your soul was the burden of the father figure. Now, I'm going to tell you a story from a little different angle and give you my thoughts from that angle. It's up to you. See what you think. Verse 2. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. They had followed Jesus nine miles from Bethsaida. By the way, that was hometown of Philip. Now, nine miles... That sounds like a lot to us today, but that was normal then. Now, humans, we humans, uh, when we're walking for exercise, walk three to three and a half miles an hour, maybe four. But with a family, it had been much slower than that. So you math wizards, figure that out. It's about three or four hour trip with, with no events. Now, again, that's not an unusual trip at that day and time. But why did they follow him? They followed him because they probably needed him. They, someone in their family was sick, or they needed some sort of healing, or they had seen or heard that Jesus had a gift to heal. Remember, real important. He didn't have a sign hanging around his neck that said, "I am your God." He was a normal, average guy in a crowd. A huge crowd, but he had powers given to him from a God above. God had his back. Verse 5 and 6. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked it only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. We know there's a huge crowd. We know the nearest town was nine miles. We know that they didn't have a grocery store. What Jesus was planning at this point is unknown to the disciples, to us the readers. Only Jesus knew and only Jesus could make happen what was about to take place. Jesus had to know about the little boy that's in verse nine, or did he? Because he knew, the one thing he knew, God had his back. We know this crowd left civilization to follow Jesus. What we don't know, did they prepare for an extended trip? Did they follow blindly without preparation? What they didn't know on that particular day was Jesus had their back. Verse 7, Philip answered him, It would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each of you to have a bite. This crowd at large, and a half year's wages, that's about 200 denarius, is a lot of money. Most of the crowd, we can assume, was poor and needy. Most, if not all, would have gone hungry that particular day without somebody stepping in to offer food. If we walk out of this church today to find this crowd standing outside, waiting to be fed, how long will it take and how much money will it take to complete that mission? Think about it. 20,000 people outside our door needing to be fed. Zolly, you're in charge. Long Verse 10. Now, here's some numbers to work with. I like numbers. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. 5,000 men. Now, if the average family was man, woman, and two or three children, that means four or five times 5,000 means equals to 20, 25,000 people on the grass to be fed. Now, to give you an example of that mass, Sweetwater City Limit sign shows 12,906 people. Now, I'm really gonna get your attention with this. Mustang Bowl has a seating capacity of 6,471 people. So, we would have to fill up and feed every soul in Mustang Bowl four times or feed the city of Sweetwater two times to equal the number of people that Jesus fed. The cost in today's money would be staggering. Estimate four, five dollars a head. I'm just guessing. So we would be talking 80 to 100 thousand dollars for a simple meal. And that, let me remind you, that only gives them a bite not a complete meal like Jesus did. Now his prayer provided his followers, he used five loaves, two fish, and his disciples picked up the leftovers. God had Jesus' back. Now, verse 9, I mentioned this earlier. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves, and two small fish. Okay, remember, we've got a huge crowd. We have men and their families. And out of that crowd, we're told of one boy. One boy. One lone orphan boy. Why was he there alone? John doesn't tell us. Second, if you were that boy, place yourself in, in, in his skin Wouldn't you be extremely nervous, a little anxious to be singled out by Andrew, one of the leaders of this crowd, and show them your measly five loaves and two fish? And as you look back, they pulled you out of the crowd, and you look back, can you imagine that sea of people, that wall, that that crowd that's standing there looking at you? A large group of people can get unruly if they don't get what they want. Even if Jesus is in charge. Jesus gave them food. But they wanted a king. But God had His back. God had His back. Verse 12 and 13. When they had all had enough to eat, He said to His disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. You know, in research, I could find little about these two verses. F.F. Bruce, William Barclay, the Bible, other other resources. Not much is talked about on these two verses. But here, think about this. Jesus had twelve disciples gather leftover bread and fill 12 baskets. Can we imagine that Jesus was showing the ones with doubt that a miracle is always possible? A miracle is always possible. And, And according to William Barclay, Philip, one of the 12, was a man that saw the situation as hopeless. Nothing can be done. Andrew, on the other hand, said, Let me see what I, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And I'll trust Jesus to do the rest. Jesus had the disciples back. Jesus had the disciples all of their backs. Verse 14 and 15. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that He intended to come and make Him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by Himself. Jesus intended to be a peaceful Savior. But they wanted a fighting king. This crowd, that's all this crowd had ever known. They had been ruled by Romans and Herod who used brute force to discourage any defiant action. Jesus knew that this mob would turn ugly if he didn't give them what he wanted, a king. Withdrawing to the mountain by himself was where God had his back again. Today, as you look around your seating area, you'll see empty spots. Look around. Our job as servants of the kingdom is to invite families to fill those seats. It's my hope that you understand that even when those seats don't have people, people in them, they are filled with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But there's a caveat. We have to invite Him. We have to invite them in. We have to be an inviting congregation. So, No matter where you are, what town, what state, or even what country, our God is there. Our God always has your back. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing day, the words to say, the people to listen, and a church to stand and be a united body, the kingdom, your kingdom the kingdom you have asked us to be a part of, to participate in. We love you. Thank you for your son, the gifts he's bestowed upon us. And again, thank you for this opportunity to be here. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.